The rapture is God's promise that He'll return. If you want to learn how to be rapture ready, then be sure to order Dr. David Jeremiah's new book, The Great Disappearance. This fascinating glimpse into the next event on God's prophetic calendar is available for a donation of any amount to Turning Point. Donate $75 and you'll receive The Great Disappearance set. Donate $100 or more and you'll receive a three-book share pack. Get yours today at davidjeremiah.ca. Christians are to be so filled with gratitude that thankfulness is shown at all times for all things. Is that realistic? Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah sheds light on Thanksgiving with a look at what the Bible says about being grateful every day for everything. If you need some help cultivating that lifestyle of thankfulness, stay tuned as David introduces today's special message, Living Thanksgiving. And thank you for joining us. Many of you know that uh, during this year, I have experienced some physical challenges. And, um, you know, sometimes when those things happen, if you're not careful, you can become discouraged and um, and maybe even resentful. I know people who get resentful when things happen to them. I have to tell you that one of the things that's happened to me during this shutdown of my everyday uh, routine is a reminder of how wonderful God has been to me over these years and how blessed I have been and how thankful I am for a wonderful family, a great wife, a beautiful church to be a part of, for all that God has done through radio and television here. I am truly, I can promise you, more thankful now than I was when all this happened back on Labor Day. And um, I, I know that God uses these things sometimes to remind us You know, when I watch my church service online and I can't be there, I realize how much I want to be there. And sometimes when you can't have what you've normally had, it makes you want it even more and makes you even more grateful for the times you've had. And and that's what Thanksgiving does. So I encourage you, you may have had a tough year, but don't let the circumstances of your life keep you from being thankful for all the things that God has done. We are a blessed people. You are a blessed person and give thanks. We'll get to the lesson in just a moment. But during this month, we have been talking about angels. And I want to let you know that you can still get the book Angels for a gift of any size during this month. All you have to do is ask for it when you send your gift. You can also get the Why Nativity movie on DVD for a gift of any size during the month of November. We've done this so you will have it for Christmas. I hope you'll take advantage of it. When you send your gift, ask for these things that we're talking about, either the book on angels or why the nativity, and it will be sent to you right away. Okay, here's part one of Living Thanksgiving. And for all of you, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. In her book, Attitudes of Gratitude, M.J. Ryan used this metaphor of Thanksgiving. Gratitude is like a flashlight. It lights up what is already there. You don't necessarily have anything more or different, but suddenly you can actually see what is there. And because you can see it, you no longer take it for granted. Isn't that an interesting thought? We don't create anything with gratitude. We don't take anything away with gratitude. We notice what is already there. And for most of us, there's so much there, it takes a big flashlight to always be seeing it, not just in a particular time of the year, but throughout the year. The great thing about a flashlight of gratitude is that you can see it day or night. 
No matter where you are or what your circumstances, it works whether you're young or old, whether you're fat or thin, whether you're rich or poor, whether you're sick or well. All we need to do is turn on the flashlight and see what God has done for us. God's blessings are really all around us, but sometimes we don't see them because we forget to turn on the flashlight of gratitude, and today we're going to try to fix that. Historian Daniel Borston has written an insightful paragraph about how the expectations of many Americans have gone wild. We expect anything and everything. We expect the contradictory and the impossible. We expect compact cars which are spacious, luxurious cars which are economical. We expect to be rich and charitable, powerful and merciful, active and reflective, kind and competitive. We expect to eat and stay thin, don't we all? (laughs) To be constantly on the move and ever more neighborly, to go to a church of our choice and yet feel its guiding power over us, to revere God and then sometimes to think we are God. Never have people been more the masters of their environment. Never have people felt more deceived and disappointed. For never, wrote this man, has a people expected so much more than this world was ever expected to offer. Sometimes I think, men and women, that the very consistency of God helping us all has a tendency to dull our gratitude. We just take it for granted. We just assume that's the way it is, that maybe that's the way it is for everybody. The wonderful thing about the mercies of God is they're new every morning and every night, aren't they? And if we read all the passages in the Bible that contain the thought of thanksgiving, we will soon discover how central it is to be all that we do in life. So let me just take you on a tutorial of thanksgiving. First of all, the Bible says we are to give thanks at all times. No one was more persistently thankful at all times than the Apostle Paul. More than three-quarters of the New Testament references to thanksgiving are in Paul's writings. In fact, Paul mentions the subject of thanksgiving more frequently per page than any other Hellenistic author, pagan or Christian. He was the apostle of gratitude. Someone said Paul was a thanksgiving junkie. And you know what? We should be like that too. In Ephesians 5, the Apostle Paul tells us, when the Spirit of God fills our life, we will be thankful to God always. Listen to this. Do not be drunk with wine, says Paul, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things, to God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Nancy Lee DeMoss has said that being thankful is a prime evidence of being filled with the Spirit. We hear a lot of talk about what does it mean when you're filled with the Spirit? How do you act differently? Well, the Bible says one thing that's different about you. If you're filled with the Spirit, you're grateful. You're a thankful person. If you see somebody that's grateful and thankful, they just might be Spirit-filled. We'd not for a moment believe that a man who abuses his wife is spirit-filled, nor would we believe a woman who claims to be filled with the Spirit is embezzling funds from her company. 
No more than can we believe that a person who habitually gripes and murmurs and worries about his pressures and problems rather than giving thanks always is filled with the Spirit. Sometimes when persons come around you and they're on a tirade of ingratitude and complaining and uh, being miserable, you should just say to them, I know one thing about you, you're not filled with the Spirit. (laughs) The fact is, we cannot whine and complain and be filled with the Spirit at the same time. Ingratitude and Spirit-filled do not mix. A person who walks in fellowship with God will have a spirit of gratitude that is part of his personality. And you will learn as you study the Word of God that it is possible to be thankful at all times. Let's just think of some of the times the Word of God suggests. First of all, the Bible says you can be thankful every morning and every night. Those are not my words. Psalm 92, 1 and 2 says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. Now that's a good way to start and end the day. Bookends for your day. No matter what happens in the middle, you begin with gratitude. You pillow your head at night. The last thought on your mind is, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you that I'm still around, that I'm here to give thanks to you, that you've cared for me. You can put your own list together, but every day is filled with reasons for us to be grateful. And when you go to bed at night, you'll probably sleep better if you count your blessings instead of sheep. There's a song about that somewhere. So thankful every morning, thankful every night. And then the Bible says we can be thankful at midnight. Now, some of you who don't sleep all that well, this is good news for you. (laughs) Listen to this. At midnight, I will rise and give thanks to you because of your righteous judgment. Sometimes when you wake up in the middle of the night, and we all do that, you should just take advantage of that time to offer praise to the Lord for his goodness. You can praise the Lord at midnight. Some of you haven't seen midnight in so long, you don't know what that means, but if you should ever wake up at midnight, just remember one of the things you're permitted to do according to the Bible is to praise God at midnight. Here is the illustration. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. You can pray and you can sing hymns to God in the middle of the night. You can thank God at midnight and you can praise God at midnight. So we're building this list when you wake up and when you go to bed and even at midnight. You can be thankful to God before you eat. Now that's something we pretty much are commonly accustomed to doing. But I wonder if you know why we do that. Why do we say a prayer before we eat? Well, first of all, because we're not pagans. That's one reason. We go into a restaurant, we sit down with our family, and then I'll say, look, honey, over there, those people are praying before they eat. They must be Christians. And oftentimes, I have gone up to them as I have left, if I leave before they do, and just stopped and said, thank you for praying. It meant a lot to me to see you pray as a family. You always get a happy smile back, at least. And listen to me, hardly anybody does that who's not a Christian. I don't know any non-Christians who do that. They may be used to the, you know, quick little prayer, but nobody prays very much before they eat unless they know the Lord Jesus. 
unless they've come to know what it means to be a Christian. It's kind of a badge, isn't it? When you pray before you eat, you're telling everybody in the whole restaurant, I am a servant of the living God, and I'm thankful for what he's providing for me. In the life of Jesus, we see him praying like that. He's the great illustration of why we pray before we eat. He prays regularly, stopping to thank God. He prayed before he fed the 5,000. He prays before the Last Supper. He's always thanking God for what God has given to him. He's the Son of God. If Jesus, as busy and as important as he is, stopped to give thanks to God, then I think you and I should also do that. I'm embarrassed that sometimes, because of what's going on around me, I sit down, and if I'm not careful, I forget to do that. I sometimes think I'm going to choke on this food. I should not have not prayed. We need to be in the habit of always praying before we eat. Here's a couple of other passages where we are reminded that we should do that. Here's Romans 14, 6. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord. He who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. There you go. When you eat, give God thanks. What a wonderful God we have who provides all for us in this period of time when inflation is taking its bite out of our paycheck and when sometimes you go to the store and what you're looking for isn't there anymore. You can become cynical if you're not careful. But no, we should stop and say, Lord, I don't have everything I want, but I have everything I need. Or maybe just, Lord, thank you for what's left. Because that's where the whole issue resolves. When you pray like that, it changes everything. And one other thing I should mention, I never knew this before. You can pray before you eat, and you can pray after you eat. Maybe you sit down and you look at the table, you're not sure what it is, and you say, honey, I think I'll just pray after this is over. (laughs) Here's the verse. Listen to this. I'm not making this up, you guys. Here it is. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God. So it's all right to pray before you eat, and it's all right to pray after you eat, depending on what you're eating, right? So thankful every morning and every night, thankful at midnight, thankful before you eat, and then thankful when you pray. In the Word of God, believe it or not, there is no such thing as prayer without thanksgiving. Now there is, in the experience of many Christians, a lot of praying that has no thanksgiving in it, but it's not biblical. Biblical prayer is always filled and girded up and surrounded with gratitude. Listen to me, every time you pray, be thankful. Here is Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And Colossians says something very similar. It says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. I always like to point out the importance of that little word with, W-I-T-H. It's not and. It doesn't say Pray this, 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 and this. It says every time you pray, no matter what kind of prayer it is, whether it's prayer, supplication, always be sure that you pray with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the one indispensable part of praying, according to the scripture. Ruth Graham learned that lesson one night as she was traveling abroad. The wife of the famed Billy Graham was worried about her children because they were rebelling at that time. 
She lay in bed and tried to pray, but she just got more anxious as the night went on. She looked at the clock, and it was around 3 o'clock in the morning. She was exhausted, and she knew she would be unable to go back to sleep. And suddenly the Lord seemed to say to her, quit studying the problems and start studying the promises. Opening her Bible, the first verses that came to her were Philippians 4, 6, and 7. As she read those words, she realized that the missing ingredient in her prayers had been thanksgiving. In everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. She put down her Bible and spent time worshiping God for who and what he is. And she later wrote, I began to thank God for giving me this one I loved so dearly in the first place. I even thanked him for the difficult spots which had taught me so much. And you know what happened, she wrote. It was as if someone turned on the lights in my mind and heart and the little fears and worries which like mice and cockroaches had been nibbling away in the darkness suddenly scuttled for cover. That was when I learned, she wrote, that worship and worry cannot live in the same heart. They are mutually exclusive. Thanksgiving is the key to getting rid of worry. Quit worrying about the things you don't have and thank God for the things you do have and you will see what a difference that makes. All of us have empty places in our lives, things that we wish we could do or that we had or we could acquire or whatever that might be and we always fixate on those. We fixate on the things we don't have and we don't praise God for the things we do have. I don't care what you've lost this year, but whatever you have that God has given you is much more important than what it is you think you don't have. Thanksgiving is, the Bible says, it's the key that opens the door to prayer. Have you read this verse in Psalm 100? Enter into his gates, how? With thanksgiving. And into his courts, how? With praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. The Bible says, if you want to get into prayer, you've got to walk through the door of thanksgiving. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness. Some people, when they pray, it's like, it's a list of things they want and not even a mention of things they have. Here the psalmist pictures us walking into the presence of God. We come through the gate that opens the door to his presence, and the key that opens the gate is gratitude and thanksgiving. And here's one that I never really thought of too much. I've always known it was there, but in light of what we're talking about, it's pretty amazing. And that is not just Thanksgiving in the morning and in the evening, not just Thanksgiving at midnight, not just Thanksgiving when you eat. Try this one on. Thanksgiving forever. Thanksgiving in eternity. Thanksgiving isn't going to end when heaven begins, folks. Thanksgiving goes on out into the future. Did you know that some of the hymns we will sing in heaven will be Thanksgiving hymns? We're going to spend eternity giving thanks to Almighty God for our redemption. Someone reminds us that the Lord Jesus in heaven will be in his human body as we know it in his resurrection body, and he will still have the scars in his body, the price that he paid for our redemption. Every time we see Jesus, we'll want to just say thank you. We'll break out into praise, and I thought I'd give you a little taste of what that's going to be like. Here is one of the hymns that I found in the book of Revelation. Revelation 11, and the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, 
the one who is and who was and who is to come because you have taken your great power and you have reigned. A thanksgiving hymn from the future. Throughout eternity, we're going to be filling heaven's quarters with the sound of thankful praise and worship. I often think if we're going to do that forever, we should start practicing now, don't you think? We should do a little rehearsal. We're going to give thanks forever. Now, I'm going to make this really practical because there's a special psalm in the Bible that gives us a clue as to how we can be perpetually thankful. Here it is. It's Psalm 119, verse 164. I don't know if you've ever seen this verse, but it's really neat. It says this, seven times a day I will praise you. Now, we all know that seven is a really important number in the Bible. It's the number of the days of creation. Seven is a big number. In the book of Revelation, it's the most popular number. It's the number of completeness. You say, well, how do I do that? I'm going to tell you how to do it because I think this is a good plan. Here you go. When I wake up in the morning, I will praise him. When I eat breakfast, I will praise him. When I take my morning coffee break, I will praise him. When I eat lunch, I will praise him. When I take my afternoon break, I will praise him. When I eat dinner, I will praise him. And when I pillow my head at the end of the day, I will give thanks. Seven times a day. And you don't even have to think about that, do you? It's just a part of getting up. How do you become a person of gratitude? You know, in habit formation, there's a thing called triggering. If you've ever read any habit formation books, it's a really great thing. Some things that you can put into your life trigger you doing other things. I'll give you an illustration. Have you ever been in your car and you're going someplace and you look at the gas tank and it's getting empty and you don't have time to fill it up before you get where you're going because if you stop, you'll be late? So then if you've had this experience, you get back in the car and you forget that it's empty and then you be reminded of it about 10 miles later because you ran out of gas. That's happened to me a lot of times. So I came up with a little trigger. Here it is. When I'm getting low on gas and I don't have time to stop, I take a sheet of paper and I put it over the steering wheel. Well, that's pretty odd when you get in your car. What's that doing? on the? Oh, I got to get some gas. That's what I'm talking about here. When you get up in the morning... Before you do anything else, just thank God. Let getting up in the morning be a trigger to be thankful. When you eat breakfast, you probably do this naturally anyway. Thank him for breakfast. Thank him for the day. Here's one that's hard, depending on where you work. (laughs) When you have a break, thank him. When you break for lunch, thank him. When you have your afternoon break, thank him. When you eat dinner, thank him. Before you go to bed, thank him. Seven times a day, I will give thanks to the Lord. Everything we do, everything we speak is to be done in a spirit of gratitude. You say, well, I can't just walk around like some zombie being grateful all the time. That's not what this is about. This is about just turning your flashlight on seven times a day and looking at what God has done and saying thank you. We ought to always be thankful. Here's what an old preacher said about it. He said, we ought to be thanks living, not thanksgiving. I think that's a better way, by a general cheerfulness of manner, by a perpetual constant delighting ourselves in the Lord and submission of our desires to his mind. Oh, I wish that our whole life might be a psalm, he wrote, and that every day might be a stanza of a mighty poem that from the day of our spiritual birth until we enter heaven, we might be pouring forth praise 
every day in every way. So the first major thought about Thanksgiving in the Bible is we're to be thankful at all times. And we all know that's true, and we're all sitting here thinking, you know what, tomorrow when I get up, I'm going to give thanks to the Lord. If I'm not doing it already, I'm going to do it. And if I'm doing it already, I'm going to affirm it, make sure that it's a permanent part of who I am. That's the easy part. Here's the hard part. We're to give thanks not only at all times, but we're to give thanks in all things. And that's where people stumble. Uh, We often say, well, it doesn't say give thanks for all things, but it does say that in another passage. We're to be thankful in every situation. We aren't to be silly and say, thank you, Lord, I got cancer this week. Nobody does that. But we maintain a spirit of gratitude in the midst of whatever happens, because no matter what happens, God is with us and he's helping us. And I say that not only because it's in the Bible, but I have experienced it on two other occasions before my present situation. I have discovered the presence of God in a way that you could never know him if you didn't go through tough times. The Bible wants us to learn to trust him. And when we trust him, we are filled with thanksgiving. We'll have more about this tomorrow. So tomorrow's Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, but we're going to extend Thanksgiving over one day and finish up this discussion on living Thanksgiving. Please join me tomorrow when we do that. Have a great day. What a wonderful day to celebrate the goodness of God. Happy Thanksgiving. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's special message, Living Thanksgiving, please visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected, our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's book, Angels, Who They Are and How They Help, What the Bible Reveals. Uplifting and helpful, it's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James versions. Available in several distinctive cover options. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we conclude our message, Living Thanksgiving, on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. All we do each day, Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point work to make a global impact for the kingdom of God, but we can't do it alone. That's where Bible Strong Partners come in. These loyal monthly supporters form the foundation of Turning Point, allowing Dr. Jeremiah to teach the whole counsel of God. Partnering with Turning Point enables you to share in the eternal impact of this ministry, leading people to Christ through our media and printed resources, multiplying Bible teaching broadcasts, presenting the gospel around the globe, and strengthening the saints. In appreciation for your partnership, Turning Point wants to provide you with exclusive monthly resources and study guides, member-only communications, an on-demand library of study content, and so much more. Are you ready to see what the Lord will do? Let's expect to change the world together. Go to davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong to become a BibleStrong partner today. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong. There has been a lot of debate in recent years concerning the origin of what we now call Thanksgiving. Regardless of when it was first observed by the pilgrims, this much seems clear. Thanksgiving was then and should be now. 
the giving of thanks to God. Giving thanks suggests a voluntary act, not something we do out of duty or guilt. True thanksgiving echoes the words of the psalmist, Praise the Lord, O give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Let your thanksgiving this year and every day be the glad and generous giving of thanks to God, because He truly is good. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover reasons to thank God on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. Route 66, start your journey home today.